take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And please be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a pretty controversial topic. Mm -hmm. And the controversial topic is on opposite gender friends. Yeah, you know, the first thing I'd like to say is our goal really is not to help every relationship improve. It really is to help people who want to have a great relationship. That's why this is kind of controversial, right? Right. Because for some people, the relationship isn't as important to them as other things in their life. So we probably have to clarify what opposite gender friends means. Uh, You could probably figure it out. But, you know, what we mean by opposite gender friends is if you have a friend who is opposite gender of you and you interact with that friend on a you know, pretty frequent basis. And that relationship is sometimes separate, sometimes maybe, you know, includes your spouse, but it is a relationship that you nurture outside of your marriage. Yeah, it's exclusive. It's an exclusive relationship that doesn't always involve your partner. Right, Mm -hmm. right. So there's a privacy that is involved in it. You may even be discussing your relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. They're certainly leaning on you in a way that's more suited to a best friend or partner. The reason that this is controversial is because we know that men and women can't be friends. That is our (laughs) belief. A lot of people would disagree with that. Yes, they would. And the reason people disagree with that is because... It doesn't always feel that way until it does. And that's because when we put energy towards something, there comes a time where there's a tipping point and then it tips into gray area. And so if there's not the involvement of your person within this relationship as well, and if the same gender people don't have a respect in a relationship or are talked about in a way that they don't know about, then it creates this exclusivity within another relationship. And once that happens, when there's a conflict within your primary relationship, it's really easy to lean on that friendship in a way that often becomes inappropriate. I often use the analogy of a battery and that all of us wake up with 100% in our battery. When you think about the energy that you have for the day and the majority of your energy is going to go to work and, you know, or taking care of the house or, you know, just really the the majority of our day is, is spent on some type of task. 
And so at the end of the day, when your task is done, you have a certain percentage left of energy. Maybe that's 40%. You know, if you're lucky, maybe it's 20%. And then the rest of that energy has to be divvied up to the other things in your life, like your spouse or your kids and yourself. Or, or your Facebook or and your Instagram you can, or the distractions in your life, right? TV <laughs> Which and Which is whatnot. where a lot of it goes. Sure. And so, you know, when you think about a partner in your life and, you know, you have already a deficit of energy that you're working with, when you start spending that energy elsewhere, if it is spent maybe at work, you know, you're staying late hours or you're spending that energy in distraction, you know, watching TV or going on the internet, you know, um, or even spending that energy with friends. Now you're taking away energy from the relationship. And, you know, with every choice that we make, there are consequences, both positive and negative. And we're not saying that you can't have friends in your life. What we're saying is that you have to be very cognizant about the energy and the time that you're spending with the relationships that you have. And a lot of couples today, they are already in a deficit when it comes to time spent together, right? And not just time sitting in front of TV, but we're talking about that quality time, the face-to-face time, where they are growing and nurturing their relationship. So already, you know, we're in a deficit. Now, if you start spending that time and energy, not on your, your spouse, but on a friend who also is the opposite gender, now you are really taking away energy from the relationship. And you are also starting to nurture a relationship that is taking away a lot of your primary resources. From a biological standpoint, when you are in the beginning of a relationship, a lot of dopamine There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of those little hits of pleasure and high, right? Dopamine, norepinephrine. Mm -hmm. And then as you're in this relationship longer and there's conflict and there's issues and you're really going through a process of sort of sanding away the rough edges so you can really join, there's work. And if you have an opposite gender friend, that's not work. You're not balancing a checkbook with that person. You're not making big life decisions with that person. And they're not going to collapse next to you on the couch just to watch TV. When they interact with you, they get your full attention and you are giving them more face-to-face time or taking away from whatever you're doing to dive into texting them back or whatever it is. And so they're getting better quality attention from you. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier, like there's a difference between what a woman is looking for with male friends and what a man is looking for in female friends. Right. It is very different. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, the intentions, you know, no matter how innocent they start out, they change over time, especially with the amount of investment that you're making in that relationship. Mm-hmm. We say this is controversial because there are a lot of people out there that will disagree with us on this. Yes. Right. You know, this is a, a time right now where the word non-monogamy is really trendy and there are a lot of people talking about polyamorous relationships and you know we talk about you know for the most part heterosexual relationships because that's been our focus of our life's work you know for over 20 years now 
Or monogamous relationships. Monogamous, mm-hmm. yes. Monogamous, you know, relationships. Exclusive. Right. And for the most part, heterosexual. Not That doesn't mean that we haven't worked with homosexual couples. We absolutely have. Mm-hmm. But even in those cases, this, this exchange of energy, right, between a couple is so delicate and it's so important to take notice of and to make sure that you are exchanging that energy with your partner and you're not expending that energy with someone else. So, you know, I know a lot of people out there with, you know, polyamory um, relationships, they would argue that they could do that. They can split that energy with multiple people. And if they can, that's fantastic. In our experience, we have seen it to be a very huge challenge just between two people. Correct. I always think about like headphone jack splitters. Yeah. You know, sometimes they make one with like six, right? Or three. And, you know, your cord is only like six feet long. And so someone's always ripping it out and it's unplugging. and, And that's what it's like in a relationship with multiple people. There's a lot of work just to keep it plugged in. And we're not talking about just staying plugged in. We're talking about developing and growing and creating something with your partner that is developed over a long period of time. We are not just talking about the basic connections that a human being can have. And there are some relationships like that. We call them parallel relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're good roommates and they're good co-parents, but they're not so good at sharing their lives together. And that's really our focus and our interest is in people who want to share their life with a primary person and may not know that this is one of the things that gets in the way. And sharing their lives, that's not meaning that they're just sharing bank accounts or spending time in the same room together. We're talking about sharing at the deepest level that you could share with another human being, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual And that takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of investment. We have used the analogy of paired figure skaters in the past, right? Mm -hmm. That paired figure skaters, especially when they get to the Olympic level, they have to spend every moment with each other, day in, day out. They eat together, they go everywhere together because they have to really know that partner just from moment to moment. You know, and and, they, and and not the part where you, what you can see and what you can hear, right? But all the meta language, the subconscious mm-hmm. language, you know, and connection and communication that mm-hmm. they have to learn, so that when they're on the ice, they're not communicating by words; they're communicating just through this language that they have created, right? That's you know, symbiotic almost. Yeah, and to know someone at that level, it requires quite a bit of attention, and investment and proximity. Right. So I I know that the work we do with our individual clients, I can tell if one of my clients walks through the door, I never ask them in the lobby, how are you? Because I don't want to know how they are in the lobby. Yeah. But I can always look at them and know if something's up or if they've had a breakthrough because their energy field changes. And that's, that's the meta language that we're kind of talking about. And, you know, what happened for me in my life, if we, if we go back to, you know, what do women look for in male friendships? And I can tell you, hands down, it is attention. Attention they weren't getting in another way. And, you know, we develop like that as girls. Uh, if we're not 
getting a lot of attention from our caretakers or our friendships or our siblings and we're sort of lacking in that area, at some point our body starts to change and we start getting that attention. And we don't really understand why that's happening, why that energy is coming towards us. Men are looking for acceptance. They want to be accepted. And, you know, one of the things that they are they're deathly afraid of in relationships is being rejected. And so when they reach out to ask a woman out or to try to engage in that courtship and they get shot down, you know, that's a huge blow to their ego, right? And so they have to overcome that fear of that happening in order to get acceptance, right? Which that's the motivator. And so then they'll be friends with women who aren't even on the radar, so to speak, that they could actually get. But if they're giving that woman attention and she feeds it back to them, they can live off that little buzz for a bit. Right. And I hear this a lot with the women I work with that, you know, I really don't trust women. I don't really like women. I have all male friends, you know, especially younger people that aren't in relationships. And I was exactly the same way. And I had what I thought were really great male friends until I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And they all went away. Because ultimately, I couldn't offer them what they were looking for at that point. And they certainly did not have that type of connection that I was thinking we had in order to stand by me while I was going through a difficult time in my life. And that's when it gets tested. And so if you never have that specific thing that happens, and what we see so sadly with, and it's usually men that have been married that have female friends and they actually will defend those female friends to their partner until their partner leaves and once their partner leaves it seems that the female friends leave as well and then they're pretty sad and alone would you say yeah in in our experience we've seen that happen you know time and time again and you know these are very delicate situations that occur in multiple relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people deal with this. We hear this struggle all the time, you know, trying to maintain a friendship with ex-girlfriends, trying to maintain a friendship with older males, older single males, right? And, you know, the partner has has an issue with it. And now the partner is is struggling with, should I have an issue with this, right? Even if you know that your spouse is not cheating on you, there still is this emotional exchange of energy that takes away from the exchange that you can have with your partner. Oddly enough, this is this is interesting. We got a review, our last review that we got, the, the person had asked, um, Exozoco is the person who, who put it, um, topic I'd like to hear about and need help with, you know, hi, I love your podcast. I'm not married. However, I learn a lot from your episodes. I was wondering if you could do an episode on dealing with jealousy and how a couple overcame it, right? And and this is kind of what we're, what we're talking about because one of the, the consequences of having these kinds of relationships, these periphery relationships, is that jealousy can be brought up, right? Yeah, and we're going to go into the jealousy thing on our Tuesday night call. Yes, right. Which is going to be on Facebook and YouTube Live this Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time in depth. And on there, you can actually interact with us and 
you know, in the chat and ask questions. But just to give a little definition of what jealousy actually is, right, in a healthy way, because it's on a continuum and it, not all jealousy is healthy, but certainly there's a chunk of jealousy that is very natural and very healthy. Otherwise, we wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have monogamous relationships. Right. We wouldn't have families. We wouldn't have communities. We would be loners mm-hmm. if, we ha- if we didn't have jealousy. And jealousy means that you don't want something that is yours to that is yours, a bond that you formed to be taken from you or to be threatened. Right. Which is very different than envy. Right. And envy is that I, that the other person has something that I want. Right. So if you're envious of a friend's relationship or you're envious of their car or you're envious of their job, the reason envy is one of the seven deadly sins is because it suggests that there's a lack of abundance. That if your friend has a great relationship that you could not also have have one. And then you might think, well, I can only have one with my friend's partner because that's a better person in the world because they're having this type of relationship. That's not true. Right. In fact, if that friend would leave their great relationship for you, it's probably not going to work out very well. Right. And that person is not as great as you think they are. (laughs) Nope. I was thinking about this because as therapists... When we have a new client that comes in, maybe they're coming in for couples marriage work and they have an individual therapist and they say, well, can I keep my individual therapist? And I always say to them, it's really not to your advantage to do that because this is going to get hard. Just like relationships get hard. When you start diving into this stuff, it gets difficult. And if you have another therapist that you are going to go and explain to them what's going on when you're uncomfortable and they soothe you, it will stop the healing and growth process. So to me, it's kind of like trying to learn Spanish and French at the same time and very confusing. I see it as like two cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Right. Two chefs. Two chefs in the kitchen. That's even worse, right? Mm -hmm. And then it gets really confusing because ultimately the goal of therapy is for you to feel your own feelings. Mm -hmm. And if you are confused and someone else comes and soothes you in the more comfortable way, it will stop your growth process. And that's the same thing that an opposite gender friend, you know, really we're talking about that is way too close. That is getting that type of energy infused into that friendship that should be actually in the primary relationship. You know, I, I use uh, the analogy of a bullseye when explaining this to my clients also, and that is that in the bullseye, you know, that center circle is reserved for the most, the closest people in your life. And this is where your primary partner, you know, resides in this center circle. That's where you exchange everything with this person. You share everything about yourself. You're, you know, good, bad, ugly, everything. And then as you move out from that bullseye, you go into the concentric circles, and that's where you're going to start sharing less with people, right? To the point that at the outside circle, that is someone that who is an acquaintance that you just met, and you are not really going to be sharing much with them at all, right? Now you're sharing just, you know, kind of how's the weather and, and just basic information things. But when we run into someone where we get this, like, TMI, like too much information, that's when they are just meeting you and they're taking you from that outside concentric circle and bringing you all the way in, right? Without actually having earned it. 
And that is an earning process to move deeper and deeper into that circle of that person so that you are sharing intimate details. Now, if you with have a safe person. with a safe person, mm-hmm. right. And so if you are now bringing in two different people into that center circle, you can imagine the consequences. You can imagine definitely that jealousy is going to come up. Appropriate jealousy. Appropriate jealousy yeah. is going to come up. Because it doesn't belong there. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's this competition. I mean, you're going to use it for competition. Competition for resources, you know. And ultimately, when this basis of propagating the species is kind of developed within us as human beings, competition is part of that. We want to make sure that we are you know, propagating our species. We are making sure we're taking care of all the resources that we can for our species to, to survive, you know, our progeny to survive. And so that appropriate jealousy is hardwired in us and it is going to come up to, to the surface. Unfortunately, what we see happen is that that partner who, first of all, the one who's having these friendships, they say there's nothing wrong with that. You know, these are my friends. Uh, they've been my friends for lifelong, and I'm never going to give them up. That's not that's not a thing. You can't do that. You, know, you can't tell me to give them up. And the other partner has to kind of wrestle with this within themselves now. It's like, am I being too jealous? Is this a problem? And is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a really hard burden, mm-hmm. you know, for that partner to deal with. Well, I think the fact that it's a topic of conversation already suggests an issue. Because one person's already feeling like they're not in that bullseye circle alone. And the other person tends to defend the non-primary partner person Mm. against their primary partner. You know, I would use this as a nice visualization. You know, what Ray was talking about, about being in the center circle and the different layers getting to the outside. If the outside of the circle is like you have a winter coat, hat, glove, scarf on, you're well protected from the elements, right? That's way on the outside. And then you come in to the next layer and you're in a jeans and sweater. And the next layer is jeans and a a t-shirt. And the next layer is a tank top and shorts. And the next layer is a bathing suit. And the next layer is your underwear. And the next layer, the bullseye layer is naked. Yeah. And people who go to that level with another human being to get all the way vulnerable and naked with them and then try to keep them in that circle and have another relationship in that space. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's challenging. I, I wouldn't, I, uh, I wouldn't envy that person's position. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you think about it, if you think about like walking through the mall, if your person was walking through the mall naked or in their underwear, how would you feel? Would you feel comfortable about that? Because in essence, that's what they're doing is they're going and showing themselves to another person emotionally and then trying to come back to the bullseye. And that energy should be reserved for their person. You know, I think a lot of people would argue that and they would say that if my partner wants to do that, then they should have the freedom Mm -hmm. to be able to choose that. And, you know, they're empowered people and I'm not going to stand in their way. I think I could hear people out there. I I, I actually would agree with that 100%. I would 100% agree that it's a choice. And I would also say that that choice includes shutting down something in your intimate relationship 
that you will not form the type of bond that we're talking about. We're not saying you should or shouldn't do this. We're just saying it competes with. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying that you can control your partner and whether they're doing it or not. Mm -hmm. The only choice that you have is whether this is in alignment with what kind of relationship you want to have. Right. If you have a partner and you both have consented to having open relationship and being intimate with other people, and that is something that both of you agree on, more power to you. That's yep. that's People something absolutely choosing. right, and that's something you have decided within your relationship. And what we're talking about here is when there's a conflict, mm-hmm. where one partner wants something different than the other, and what the two of them have agreed upon is not something that sits right with both of them. Right, the strength won't be there to shelter that relationship through a difficult storm. Here's a good analogy. We have recently started to really work on our physical health, which means that we are spending four to five hours a week dedicated to exercising. So where did those four to five hours a week come from? That energy that was diverted somewhere else, whether it was into work or into distraction or into wherever that was going, is now filtering into exercise. And that's the way it goes. You know, when we did the thousand mile hike, it was a lot of time. Probably takes a long time to hike like that. Probably two to three hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. was dedicated to that. And obviously on the trail, that was like 10 hours a day dedicated to Well, people to who run marathons, they mm-hmm. understand that too. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. takes a, a huge amount of time right? You know, and resources to dedicate to achieving that goal. And that time and resource is going to come from somewhere. It's going to come from your relationship. It's going to come from your hobbies or maybe even work a little bit. Some people are able to carve out time, but it has to come from somewhere. And so when we're talking about trying to divvy up your attention between a primary person and someone who is like, I would call them a one B because they're not a two, (laughs) you know, but they're an alternate person in the same space. And so only so much energy is going to the one A person and the stuff going to the one B person sometimes is the lion's share of the energy. And that ultimately when there's a conflict and when things get difficult And, you know, Ray, we've been together for, well, we've been married 23 years and together over 24 years. And we still run into conflict where it's like, can I keep doing this? Right? It's getting, it ebbs and flows based on what's going on. But it's never like we've got this so locked down that we don't have to make sure we're still nurturing it and feeding it and growing it. No, and and we we never claim that we do. Mm -mm. Right. If if there's anything on this podcast, if you've been listening to our podcast, if there's anything that you gather from our past story, and that is that we are not perfect people Mm -mm. and our relationship goes through the same kinds of challenges that every relationship out there goes through. And, you know, we learn from our experience, our education and our clients, and we also learn from our own relationship and working on these different struggles and different stages of development in our relationship. And yeah, we still run into struggles like that from time to time. And it has morphed over the years. It's different struggles now, right? But that's the crux of being in a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. is that you are processing years, years of baggage that you're bringing first into the relationship. A lifetime. A lifetime, 
years of baggage you're bringing into. And then you're also processing things that you've created within the relationship. And so that's a lot. That's a lot to go through. And you're also, you know, we were listening to an episode on uh, Kabbalah, which is really interesting. And they said every time two people have intercourse, there is a creation that happens, a creation moment. And so not just processing the past, but you're constantly creating something, whether it's the relationship couple, it could be another life, which, you know, we've done that too, having a child, but it, we're talking about like this nurture of other areas of our life and our relationship and stuff coming up for growth too, not just the healing aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just had a thought in, in, in listening to you there. I was, you had used the analogy before in the past of if you give a dollar to your phone every time you got a notification tone. Well, I just had a thought, like, what if you gave a dollar to every person that you were interacting with at an emotional level, right? Or just giving attention to. Or giving attention to, right? And so now you, in, in context of what we're talking about today and these opposite gender friends, if you are taking money that you and your spouse have amassed together and you're starting to give it now to these male or female friends, opposite gender of you, your partner at some point is going to have a problem with that. Maybe. Right? I mean, even if you're just helping them out, let's mm -hmm. say you're just helping them out, giving them a dollar here and there. Over time, that that could be a problem. And your mm -hmm. partner might say, hey, you know, we, we kind of need that money ourselves. This is something we are creating together. We have a common vision of having that dream home or buying that boat or whatever. And, and you continue to give that money over to your friend. And, and so, you know, in this concrete example here, you know, that's what we're talking about is giving away of this energy that should be reserved for your long-term partner. I want to challenge people. If you're the person that is keeping close an opposite gender friend, I want you to really take a moment and really do some searching of what that feels like. And if it feels like you need to keep that a secret, if you have to do it outside of your relationship and your partner doesn't know, you know, like if we were going to give someone money and we talked about it and we decided, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but we're talking about, are you sneaking it? Right. Right. Are you, do you feel That's shame a good clarification. about it? Yeah. You know, do you feel like if my partner knows a hundred percent of how often I am talking to this person and if they could sit in the room and hear that conversation, would I feel okay with that? Is that something I would do? You know, we were talking about freedom and freedom to me, it really feels the best when I'm alone and fully choosing what I'm doing. And I am a hundred percent certain that when I, whatever I choose in those moments are hundred percent aligned with my integrity and my integrity in no way, shape or form would violate our relationship. And so I feel the most freedom not with you because obviously if I'm with you, I have to do what you want too. I can't just be selfish. But, you know, if I want to stop and take a picture while I'm walking in the woods and, you know, that, that to me feels really expansive and great. And it comes with a discipline. It comes with a truth inside myself of who I am and who I want to be. And I certainly wouldn't 
have time away from you and do something I would not feel like I wanted to share with you and feel free. I wouldn't feel free. Uh, especially if, to, if you have to keep it a secret. Exactly. Yeah. Right. If I If I came back to see you and I was not like, hey, see all my pictures? This is awesome. You know, this is what I was up to. Right. Then it, it would feel like, so, so the freedom to me feels like I have a place to express myself in a way that I can choose when I'm alone. But I always want to come back and say, here, see a little bit more of who I am. Things that I can do because you're not there because maybe you don't love to stop and take a picture of a flower 30 times. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> ultimately, if you are doing something that you feel you can't tell your partner because it's going to upset them, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. And that goes for, you know, the friendships that you have outside of your primary partner, right? If you're talking to this friend in a way that your partner would be very uncomfortable and you're keeping that conversation from them, well, that's probably a conversation you shouldn't be having. Here's the flip side. If you're having a conversation and you think if your partner heard it and they would be uncomfortable and they're not. Yeah, right. That's, and they're probably not invested yeah, at, at the not, level right. of being in this relationship in a way that we're talking about, about really forming a great bond to grow, heal, and become something together. Right. To have that kind of a connection with a partner, you have to open up that Pandora's box. You have to be able to become so vulnerable with another human being who has ultimately the power to really hurt you at the deepest level. And that's a very scary thing. And so, you know, there are couples out there that don't, they don't open up that box and they keep that part of themselves away from their partner because they don't want to get hurt. And understandably, because your partner can cause the greatest amount of hurt in you than anyone else in this world. And so if you have that kind of a relationship where your partner really doesn't care about, you know, what kind of friends you have and who you talk to and what kind of interaction it gives you kind of a sign as to the level of vulnerability that the two of you are at and not saying it's wrong. It's just, if that is what you both have decided in your relationship, okay, great. But if you want something more and your partner doesn't, this is where the conflict is going to happen. And it's and not something that you have to just yeah. bury and let go of. And that's probably why you're looking for someone outside the relationship to give you some attention. Right. Because you're pro probably not getting it within your relationship. You know, I think about that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the wife is always, the mom of the bride, is always trying to manage slash manipulate her husband. They're a very different era. And that was appropriate back then for them. That's how they managed things and, and things were very different. And so what we are talking about, we're talking about a progressive relationship. We're talking about something that isn't always taught and people don't strive for that. We're looking the, for the people striving. The evolution yep. of the modern mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that couples decades ago would be on a podcast talking about their relationship no. to the world. <laughs> right. So we really are not talking to everybody. We are talking to those people out there that really want to have a true union with another person in this lifetime. So we want to really thank you 
from the bottom of our hearts for listening to Couple Synergy today. Um, our passion is in helping couples have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast is a real fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. And in particular, if this episode you know, really strikes you in a way, you probably are a good candidate for the couple's weekend intensive that's coming up April 15th through the 18th because that's the type of couple we're looking for is someone that really wants... They want to grow. Yeah. Yeah, they want to level up Mm -hmm. in their relationship. Yep. Yes. And, you know, if this topic, you know, interests you, as Jean mentioned, tomorrow night we are... we Well, actually, every Tuesday night. Right. Every Tuesday night, we do a live weekly webinar on Facebook and YouTube. And LinkedIn, LinkedIn too, I think it's it's starting. But definitely Facebook and YouTube at 8 o'clock Central Time. So if you're listening to this way past April 23rd, because it's April 23rd, 2021, that we're talking about this topic, you can go to our Facebook or our YouTube and hear the past episode that goes yeah. with this. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. always going to be up there. Yep. You can watch it again. And if you're listening to this after April 18th, so the, the weekend intensive, you know, has has passed. Mm-hmm. We have one coming up in October. Did I say April? Because I meant March. I think you said April, yeah. March 23rd. March 23rd. 2021 is right. this episode. Right. So yeah. this one is, yes, March 23rd. So if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. We read every single one of them. And if you have topic suggestions, we absolutely incorporate it into the show. If you have any questions, comments, again, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as the Couples Weekend Intensive, our premier program called Couple to Couple, and our online community called Connections, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.